<laughs> In the name of the living God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Some of you have heard me say this before, but um, during this time of the year, when we get into the lectionary cycle of um, 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, and then into the books of the Kings, I, I get really excited. And I find myself reading ahead or reading back and, and reading more than um, the church gives us each day to pray and meditate on. And sometimes I end up being late for work uh, because I keep reading, keep reading, and keep reading. Anyone who studied Hebrew will tell you that uh, the compiler of 1 Samuel and 2 Samuel um, put these things together was a master of Hebrew and really drew out a very compelling narrative with just full, you know, three-dimensional characters um, that really connect with our hearts and our minds, we find ourselves rooting for. Um, certainly makes for great history if you're an Israelite and um, if you're trying to remember the story of your people. And as I read these stories year after year and year, I find that I'm often rooting for Saul. Saul, King Saul, poor King Saul, um, unfortunate, rejected King Saul. And so as I was thinking about this passage from 1 Samuel 28 today, I thought, why am I always rooting for Saul? Why do I find my heart longing for Saul? I mean, chapter 28 tells you enough. Saul was disobedient to the Lord um, when he was told to wait for Samuel early, early on, several chapters ahead. Um, he didn't wait. And instead of waiting for a priest to sacrifice, he took that upon himself and sacrificed. And that was really the beginning of his own fall. It also says in chapter 28 that Saul, when he saw the armies of the Philistines, instead of being bold and trusting in the Lord and um, being prepared to fight, his heart started shaking and he got all afraid. And we know that because he was afraid, he made a massive compromise in going to the medium or the witch at Endor and getting himself wrapped up in all sorts of occult practices, um, bringing up the dead and finally being confirmed to him that he was going to die. So he was disobedient. He was a coward. And he made compromises. So why am I always rooting for Saul? Why am I longing for the story to end out better than I know it's going to? And I was thinking about it, meditating about it today. And I think it really boils down to the fact that I am King Saul. And I don't mean it in some kind of overdramatic or, I mean, you guys know me, hyperbolic way. Um, I am King Saul. Many of us are King Saul. Many of us, when it comes to the harder decisions in life, are fearful, disobedient, and ready to make compromises. And I really, really mean, I mean that. I don't mean for dramatic sake. I think there's a lot of King Saul in me, and there may be a lot of King Saul in you. When the battle comes, 
And it does. When I am faced with the armies of the demons and to have to make the right decision, how many times has my heart quivered and I've made compromises? When I know the right thing to do, I've been disobedient. When God has called me to do things and commanded me to do things, I have done the other, the wrong thing. The, thing, the exact thing he told me not to do. And I could say that Saul was an impatient man, perhaps, because he wouldn't wait for Samuel at the time of sacrifice. I'm extremely impatient. So perhaps, after all, I'm rooting for Saul because I am Saul. And I see so much in me. And I just hope, hope that for Saul, things aren't going to end up so bad. And for Saul, they do. They end up terrible. Every prediction that comes that was made that day that Samuel tells him comes true the next day. And Saul and his sons fall in the battle against the Philistines and the army of the Israelites is handed over and it's a massive national tragedy. But it could have been averted. Had Saul been obedient, had Saul been bold, had Saul not made compromises, he could have been king and God would have destroyed all his enemies and God would have established his line forever but because he didn't do what he was supposed to do he fell and the story and his life is one of great great tragedy Peter and John have a way different story Peter and John following the resurrection and the, the ascension and the descent of the Holy Spirit upon the church began preaching boldly and healing preaching and healing and preaching and healing and preaching in public so much that the authorities got greatly annoyed according to the Acts of the Apostles and when they were put before the authorities, when they could have made a compromise, when they could have been afraid, they were bold, told the authorities that they were going to keep proclaiming the gospel no matter what they did. Um, they were obedient to God's command to preach the gospel and to preach the resurrection, and they made absolutely no compromises. And so day after day, as Luke tells us in Acts, you would find them preaching and praying and healing in the temple. The story of Peter and John is so different from that of Saul, the son of Kish. And the story of Peter and John is a story that I want to model myself after. Those are the two men that I want to be rooting for and hoping for instead of worrying about Saul, the son of Kish, whom I know falls. This Thursday, the church celebrates the feast day of St. Peter. St. Peter and Paul, actually, the great founders of the church. And so as we contemplate the life of St. Peter this week, let us remember his boldness, his obedience, and his complete inability to make compromises. And I know you might be saying, well, wait a second, what about later in Acts where he um, is a, oh, not Acts, but in Galatians how Peter has, or Paul has to rebuke Peter for 
shying away from meeting with the Gentiles, just remember that while Peter might have made a very slight disobedient turn, when he was confronted, he was obedient to the prompting of the Holy Spirit, repented, and then ate meals with the Gentiles like he was supposed to do. Saul, when he was confronted with the truth, failed to repent. And his path just went down and down and down. Or for Peter, he repented, and it went up and up and up and up and up. And remember that very last time, the last week of Peter's life, when the persecutions in Rome were building and building and building and building. He was afraid for a minute and decided to start leaving Rome. How the Lord appeared to him on the way and asked him where he was going. And Peter asked the Lord where he was going. And the Lord said to Peter, I'm going to Rome again to be crucified. And Peter knew that God was telling him to go back, to proclaim the gospel one last time by being crucified upside down. And there's everything in that that is obedient, fearless, and bold. That is the man I will be rooting for. And it's the man I will be meditating on this week, laying aside the tragedy of Kish and celebrating the glory and the triumph of St. Peter, who, because of his obedience, boldness, and uncompromising spirit, gave himself for the one who gave himself for him and made proclamation to all the kingdoms of the earth about the resurrection of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let us imitate his life. Let us make every effort to repent, to be bold, to never compromise, and always to be obedient to God's holy word and to every prompting of the Holy Spirit. Amen.